What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to another episode of the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti, and unfortunately, guys, today is not a victory Monday, but a mournful Monday. I don't know if I'm going to keep that one. It's probably going to sound super corny, but we're going to keep it going. No edits. <laughs> we're just going to go through this. Um, yeah, guys, unfortunately, Dolphins fall to the Denver Broncos 20-13. to Dropping their season record to six and four. Um, before we get into my breakdown of the game, I just wanted to remind everyone that I'm not going to be doing any podcasts throughout the week because I'm actually going to be spending Thanksgiving with my girlfriend and her family, uh, and so I just want to take a time. I just want to take time away from the podcast and you know focus on Thanksgiving, focus on the family, uh, on my girlfriend. And so the next podcast I'm doing is probably going to be Saturday afternoon. I wasn't going to do one until Monday, but I, I, you know, better late than never. I'd rather do a podcast on Saturday, get out my thoughts on the Jets game, um, you know, rather than just not do one. So I won't be doing a podcast at all this week aside from Saturday afternoon. Look for a podcast from me breaking down the Jets game as I usually do. But I mean, aside from that, uh, you're not going to have a podcast from me the whole week. So let's break down this Denver Broncos game. Now, before we get into it, uh, one word that really stood out to me in this game, if I can just summarize this game with one word, it's probably odd. And the reason I say that is because the Dolphins, for some reason in this game, offensively and defensively, didn't stick to their strengths at all. If you listen to the Friday uh, episode on the, of the podcast, I talked about how on defense, if Drew Locke is playing, we need to blitz him more. We need to put a lot of pressure on him because statistically, he's the worst quarterback in the league when pressured. And so I said, I mean, that, that, that to me would be common sense, put pressure on Drew Locke. And so the game started... Uh, we get the ball, don't do anything with it, punt it off, Drew Locke gets the ball, we pressure him, he throws an interception. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, <laughs> I know they're not listening to my podcast, but you know, I was I was happy because I was like, I really, you know, I really believe that to be true and and it's happening and it's working. And so I was like, I I, I immaturely or prematurely said after that interception, I said, game's over. Because I just thought they're just going to do this all game. They're going to pressure him. They're going to maybe not always cover zero, but they're going to pressure him the whole entire game, and he looks uncomfortable. And I was wrong. I was 100% wrong because basically after that drive, we did not pressure him as much at all, especially we didn't pressure him as much as we have been pressuring quarterbacks the last, what, five weeks dating back to the 49ers game and I'm not saying cover zero because cover zero doesn't isn't the only pressure you can do as a defense cover zero just means you don't have any safety help and you're in man coverage we just didn't really pressure him that much at all in the game we did cover zero a couple of times and it worked here and there um but I mean we just didn't bring enough pressure and we'll get into that when I talk about the defense but you know that was just odd to me that we didn't stick to our strength especially seeing that it had success early on in the game 
forcing a turnover. And then on offense, I mean, what's been the strength of your team the last couple of games? Set up a run game. It doesn't have to be an amazing run game, but set up a run game, play action, boot, screen passes, quick passes, out, read option. They didn't do any of that. They didn't do any of that. And and again, we're, we're going to get into it on offense when we talk about the offense, but both sides of the ball, special teams not included, because special teams, in my opinion, I mean, Sanders is still a dude. He still knocked down two field goals. Um, they didn't punt it to Grant, so you know he didn't really get a chance to do anything because they just punted it out of bounds, rightfully so, because of how dangerous he is. But I mean, they, they looked solid, but our offense and defense just... They looked out of sorts the whole game, and it was very odd to me. So let's get into the defense. As I said, they they pressured Drew Locke way um, too inconsistently. I, and it confused me because of the first drive of the game, we brought pressure to him, and it worked. It's not like we brought pressure the first drive, and you know they ran down the field, got a touchdown. No. First drive of the game, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they went three and out. Actually, no, they didn't go three and out. They, they, they threw an interception, and it was when we pressured him. And so, you know, I thought the whole entire game, I was like, man, we're going to just do this to him all game. Dolphins score, Broncos come back out, and just do whatever they want, basically from that there on out. And I'm not going to – here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast today and overreact. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be very level-headed. Um I, I'm one of those people right now that I'm not panicking at all. Um, and in fact, I'll talk later about in the podcast why I'm kind of happy in a way. But nonetheless, going back to defense, uh, the thing the thing that I talked about on Friday, I talked about how in July I went to Denver to visit my girlfriend's uh, family. And when I was in Denver, uh, I think it was the first day I got there, I was walking up. Uh, flight of stairs and I was winded like winded and I'm a dancer I work out a lot I pride myself on you know being in good health I like to say that I'm in good health cardio all that and I struggled in Denver I struggled when I was in Colorado because the altitude and so I don't really I don't really have too much negativity towards the defense in this game I really don't I mean we gave up 20 points that's what we're averaging this season Last week, we gave up 21. The week before that, we gave up 34 or 31. I mean, the defense gave up 20 points. That That's not bad. That's not a bad game. And my thing with the defense is you had them on the field too long. I know what it's like to be in Denver. You get winded so quickly. And if your offense is consistently going three and out, punt, three and out, punt, 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 your defense is going to get winded, and those runs that were happening where they were just getting gashed, that's going to happen because you're so tired that you can't set the edge, you can't rush the passer the right way. And so I don't really put much blame in this game on the defense. Maybe 20 to 30% of the blame on the defense because at the end of the day, you do have to stop the running game more than you did. Um, I mean, rushing, uh, running game... Uh, they gave up 189 yards rushing. That's that's not going to work. That's not going to work. But I do understand why that happened, considering you know they were on the field for a lot of the game. 
Now let's go into the offense because the offense, in my opinion, deserves 80 to 70 to 80 percent of the blame in this game. And most of you are probably thinking Tua sucks. He's going to probably say Tua was horrible in this game, yada, yada, yada. Not at all. Not at all. Most of the blame in my eyes goes to Chan Gailey. And the reason for that is because for the life of me, I cannot understand why we decided not to run the ball at all. Like just completely abandon the run in the game. And it was upsetting to me because I believe it was in the second quarter. It was our last drive of the half, right? We had the ball. We were going down the field. Savan Ahmed had a, I, I want to say Savan Ahmed had a 15-yard run. And then we passed four times in a row. And then Tua got sacked. And then we kicked a field goal. I just, I didn't understand it. Savan Ahmed had 12 Attempts, 12 rushing attempts for 43 yards at halftime. At halftime, guys, he had 38 yards. And you were only down three points at halftime. There was never a point in this game where the Dolphins were down by more than 10 points. And if you don't understand what that means, in a game, in a football game, unless it's like two minutes left in a game and you're down by 10 points, 10 points is not a lot. It's two scores. And you can still run the ball. And we just decided for some reason, let's have Tua pass every down. And let's only run it like once per drive. And of course your quarterback's going to get sacked. You have a rookie quarterback in there playing a defense who, in my opinion, isn't as good as they seemed against us. But still, a good defense that can get after a quarterback. And you think the defense doesn't realize, hey, they're not running the ball a lot. Let's just send pressure at Tua and you know, live with whatever happens. And that's what they did. And it it seemed like every play, Tua wasn't even, there wasn't even play action. There wasn't even like RPO. He would just step back in the pocket and try to start throwing, and we didn't have a running game. And I just, I didn't get it. I I really didn't get it. After watching that drive uh, where we kicked a field goal, we could have easily scored a touchdown that drive. We just had a 15-yard run. I'm going to the recap right now. So I'm going to go to um, you know, the play-by-play of, of what happened, or at least I'm going to try to. Um, I think it's only going to give me, yeah, it's only going to, never mind. It's, only gonna, it's not going to give me a play-by-play, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, here it is. In the second quarter where we kicked the field goal, uh, it's at the end of the game. Okay, so... This is what happened on that drive. Ready? Savan Ahmed, 14-yard carry. Tua, next next throw or next play, passed the ball. Then we ran the ball, and then we passed it one, two, three, four, five times in a row. I kid you not. This is how it happened. It was third and four. Savan Ahmed ran the ball for 14 yards. First down. Tua, three-yard pass. Savan Ahmed run, two-yard run. Third and five, two a pass. First and ten, two a pass. First and ten, two a pass. Second and ten, two a pass. Third and ten, sacked. You can't throw the ball five times in a row. You can't do that. Especially when your running back just had a 14-yard run. I understand throwing forward on third and five. But it's third and five. 
you get the first down, it's first and 10, run the ball. Run the ball. Tua passed it, 10 yards, okay, another first down. Three minutes, 30 seconds left. Three passes in a row. Pass, pass, sack. You can't do that. That that cannot happen when you have a rookie quarterback. And so that's, to me, what was so upsetting. Am I upset that Tua didn't have an amazing game? That uh, am I? Yeah, am I upset Tua didn't have an amazing game? Kind of. But am I shocked? Not at all. Not at all. You're putting a rookie quarterback in a harmful situation where he's having to throw the ball way more than he needs to. Way more than he needed to. And in my opinion, that's setting you up for failure. When you cannot establish a running game, that's going to set you up for failure. And I can't even say we couldn't establish a running game because it wasn't working. It was working. Again, Savan Ahmed had 38 yards rushing in the first half. He ended the day with 43. He only rushed for five more yards after halftime. And that wasn't because of him or the offensive line. It was 100% because of game plan. They just decided we're not going to run the ball anymore. And I just, you know, I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Um, you know, obviously, did Tua play well? No, he didn't play well. Uh, I thought Tua, you know, he missed on some passes. There was a pass where he had Jakeem Grant, if he would have hit him, touchdown. Hit his head on the goalpost. Um, missed on that pass. He held on the ball for too long. But, you know, I want to say this. People that think that Tua got benched because of his performance are gladly mistaken. Not gladly mistaken. Maybe they're just mistaken. You don't think that Brian Flores saw Joe Burrow go out for the season? And 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 first of all, I hope Joe Burrow, you know, heals up correctly. It's a shame that he had to get injured and I was worried about this cuz he was getting his butt whooped every game cuz their offensive line is terrible. But you don't think Brian Flores saw that? What you think he's just oblivious to the fact hey one of the rookie quarterbacks is out for the season, tore his ACL. Tua was getting his you-know-what handed to him because he was getting sacked every other play, it seemed like. And so, of course, yeah, what's Brian Flores going to say? Yeah, we put Ryan Fitzpatrick in because he gave us a better chance to win. He, Yeah, he probably gave you a better chance to win because Tua wasn't really doing anything. None of the offense was. But he was 100% taken out because Brian Flores was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting my quarterback injured today uh, in a game that, you know, we could probably win with Ryan Fitzpatrick because, I mean, I said this all along. Fitzpatrick's probably the exact same as Tua. Probably not as good, I would say. But he he can do the same stuff Tua can do. So let's just put him in there. I'm not getting my quarterback hurt. And to the Denver Broncos players... I hope they all got food poisoning on the way home because I don't understand how you how they weren't penalized more often in this game because every single time they went to sack Tua, they went below his knees. Every single time. That last sack it was is 100% why Brian Flores took him out because I don't know who sacked him. I forget who exactly it was, but they literally dove at his knees and wrapped him up and started spinning and twisting his ankle. They played absolutely 100% dirty in this game, and I, I'm not even going to credit them with a good game.
Like, they didn't even play a good game. They won this game because Miami didn't play well. They didn't play a good game at all. They seemed very cocky. They played very, very dirty on defense. And, you know, I hope they enjoyed this win because you're probably not going to win another game this season. But that really, really upset me. And it, and on the last, I, th- I don't know which hit it was on the quarterback, but there was a sack of the quarterback where Eric Flowers even picked up the guy and, like, th- pushed him down. Because he was like, dude, why are you wrapping up my quarterback while he's on the ground trying to, like, twist his ankles? I mean, that last hit on Tua was scary. He went for his knees, and his knees, like, buckled in. I was like, oh, God. I got freaked out. And so, of course, you know, of course, Brian Flores took him out. What's he going to say? Yeah, I took out my quarterback because I didn't want him to get beat and and beat up, so I put my other guy in there. That's not really a, a cool thing to say. Yeah, I put in my older quarterback so that he could take the beating. Like, what's he going to say? Yeah, of course. I put in Ryan Fitzpatrick to give us a spark on offense, and it worked. But the main reason Tua was taken out was 100% because of the dirty hits that he was taking the whole game. And why would you subject your quarterback to that when you have a backup who can probably do just as much, if not more, in that game? It was 100% the right move. I don't think it has anything to do with their confidence in Tua at all. I don't think so at all. And Brian Flores can't say that. He can't say, you know, yeah, we uh, just wanted Fitzpatrick to take the hits, not Tua. No, they're not going to say that. Um, the O-line couldn't stop a nosebleed in this game. And maybe it was because Tua was holding on to the ball too long, but, I mean, there were times where the Broncos were only rushing four and Tua was getting sacked. And yes, Tua was holding on to the ball too long, but there's two reasons a quarterback holds on to the ball too long. One, um, they can't make up their mind. They're not quick with their decision-making, which isn't Tua. That's not Tua at all. The reason why Tua was holding on to the ball so long was because the wide receivers just weren't separating at all. And so people who think wide receiver isn't a, a, a significant need for this team is glad is is very, very much mistaken. Because this team's main priority in the first two rounds should be offense. Wide receiver, running back, center. Your main needs. Defense, you're good. In my opinion, defense, you just need a linebacker, and you're good. But this offense needs a lot of help if we want to succeed offensively as well as defensively. I mean, the wide receivers weren't getting any separation. And people are going to look at it and say, oh, well, were they magically getting more separation when Fitzpatrick got in there? They were getting more separation because the Broncos changed their game plan. Fitz is not a quarterback that you can blitz. Tua is because he's so young, where if you blitz him, he's probably going to get flustered and not know what to do yet because he's so inexperienced. Fitz, that's not Fitz's problem. Fitz's problem is what we saw at the end of the game where he just makes bad decisions. He throws the ball where it shouldn't go. Tua's not going to do that. Tua didn't throw an interception this game. People want to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he threw more yards than Tua, and he only played for about 10 minutes, but he also threw more interceptions than Tua has in the last four games, which is one. Tua hasn't thrown an interception yet in his career. So they, they, didn't, they didn't attack Fitzpatrick the same way they attacked Tua. Basically with Tua, they said, we're going to pressure you, and you need to make a quick decision. 
and he got flustered, and instead of throwing the ball like Fitzpatrick would and getting it picked off, he would either take the sack or, you know, throw it away or throw an incomplete pass. Fitz didn't do that. Fitz, they said, we'll give you all the time in the world. You're just going to make a stupid decision and throw an interception, and that's exactly what he did. So you can't really compare Tua how he played to Ryan Fitzpatrick. They attacked him completely differently. Um, and so, yeah, that's my breakdown of the game. Now, while I do sound passionate about the game, and I, you know, I, I obviously do care, it's not like we got manhandled. And that's the thing I want people to understand. We lost by seven points. You look at first downs as here's here's why I say I hope I hope Denver enjoyed this win. Denver should not be happy after this win at all. They only had two more first downs. They had worse third down efficiency. They had more running yards and passing yards, obviously, and and more sacks. They had more turnovers than us. They had more penalties than us, and they had a fumble. And time of possession, we lost by 30 seconds. So as bad as the Dolphins played, that's how low Denver's standards is. That they played as badly as we did, and they're happy about it because, you know, they had more rushing yards, and they had the home field advantage in Denver. And as a Dolphins fan, I mean, while you are upset that we lost, when was the last time we had standards like this? Where we basically have the same amount as a team that beat us, and we're like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I mean, we played our worst game of the season. In my opinion, that was our worst game of the season. And we lost by seven points. And the team that beat us only scored 20. Like, we, that, that's the thing. We lost this game not because of our defense. We lost this game because we could only score 13 points on offense. And in today's NFL, you're not going to win if you only score 13 points. Maybe if you play the Jets... But that's about it. You're not going to win many games if you score 13 points. And I said in my preview video, I said Dolphins should win 27-17, 27-20. Because we're giving up about 20 points a game. So you got to at least score 20. And we didn't. We lost 20-13. to 13. So if you could score 21 points, you win that game. But we couldn't. And so I, what, I, how am I supposed to sit here and say our defense sucks now? All of a sudden it's trash? No. Just all together as a whole, defense and offense, we just didn't play the same way we've been playing. But I have some good and bad. The bad is that the Bills are still one game ahead of us. Okay? Actually, they're two, one and a half games considering the tiebreaker. The bad is we aren't in the playoff hunt anymore. We're the ninth seed. And the bad is that the Texans won if you care about draft which most of us do, but maybe some more than others. That's the bad. The good is that the Raiders and the Ravens lost, who those are two teams that now have the same record as us. So yes, we're ninth in the seat, like ninth, the ninth seed right now, but the Raiders and Ravens also lost. So that's really good for us because, um, you know, those are two teams that the Dolphins have to have a better record than. And so at least we all lost, and at least the Patriots lost. So it's not like, you know, now the Patriots are only one game behind us. Patriots are still two games behind us. And, you know, if there's, I guess, a silver lining, the Dolphins have been on a win streak, but, I mean, I expected the Dolphins to go 1-1 one one between the Rams and the Cardinals. 
our loss just happened to come in this game. And the reason why I said earlier I'm happy in a, in a way is because this was a wake-up call. This was a wake-up call for our team. You know, we were on a hot streak. We won two games with Fitz, three with Tua. We beat two teams in the Rams and Cardinals that were great wins. We beat the Chargers. And then everyone started talking about us. Everyone started talking about us. And, you know, we didn't come to win. We didn't come to play. We didn't come to win this game. And we lost, fair and square. Um, as I said, if, you, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I'm not too confident because I didn't think you guys played well at all. I think we just played poorly. Um, but this was definitely a wake-up call. And I'm happy that they got the wake-up call now because now you don't have that pressure of a winning streak to where you're like, oh, we got to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning. No. You lost a game, recalibrate, go into these next two weeks and trample on two teams that you should dominate. And then remember that when you go against the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills. Because the last thing I wanted was for the Dolphins to be on a complete win streak, never have lost a game, and then head into our hardest part of the schedule. Yes, would it have been nice to say we're 9-3? and three? Yeah, but we could still easily win the next two games and be 8-4, and four, which is still amazing. And at least we'll have that hunger of, hey, we lost a game that we shouldn't have. We really need to win these next four games even more than we did before. So I'm happy in a way because... You know, as I said, this was a wake-up call for this team. I think they were feeling themselves a little too much because they clearly just didn't come to play today. That's as simple as it is. And some people will say this is a trap game. Um, I don't think it's really a trap game. I really don't. A trap game is where you don't take your opponent seriously uh, and you lose to them. And I don't think that's what happened with Miami. I think what happened with Miami is they just, they didn't come to play. They didn't, they didn't create a game plan, especially on the coaching staff. They didn't create a game plan that would help them succeed and win. That's not a trap game. That's just, you, you didn't come to play. You didn't, you didn't come to win this game. It's not that they, I don't think anyone on that team took the Broncos less serious or less seriously. I don't think that at all. So I don't think this was a trap game. I think this was just, hey, this is a wake-up call that y'all need to try harder. Y'all need to try harder and you, you guys can't de or you guys can't, you know, go astray from what has been, you know, making you guys succeed for the last, what, five weeks? And so I'm happy in a way. Um, obviously I don't like to see our team lose, but I'm not gonna overreact. I mean, I think that I think we're gonna go two and zero in our next two games. Um, you know, we play the Jets and the Bengals, who now don't have Joe Burrow. Uh and, and I think two is going to start. I don't think there's any questions there. I just think that they, they need to go back to what they did so well the last five weeks and not stray away from it. And it's probably going to help, yeah, that you're not playing in Colorado where, you know, walking up the stairs will make you, you know, be out of breath even if you're in good shape. Been there, done that. So, yeah, is it going to help that we're not playing in Colorado the next two weeks? Of course. We're playing in New York, uh, well, really New Jersey, and then in Miami. And then in Miami again. So we have two home games. Um, so I, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to sit here and say the Dolphins suck. No. We're 6-4. and four. You know, hopefully we win our next two games, which I think we will. And we go 8-4. and four. That's not a bad record at all. I mean, even now, 6-4. and four, You're two games above 500. That's still a good record. That's still a great record. You know, 
Patriots lost, Raiders lost, Ravens lost. Like, yeah, you're still behind in your division, but as I talked about about a week ago, I mean, yeah, you can try to win your division, but it's going to be a lot easier just to get into the playoffs. Try to just win as many games as you can and get into the playoffs. So we can't just focus on, you know, oh, we're still one and a half games behind the Bills. Well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We, we didn't win, uh, and we just got to keep trying to win. It's as simple as that. But if you're a Dolphins fan, don't be too upset with this loss. Um, the streak had to end sometime. And, you know, for some of us, like myself, I didn't expect them to be this good coming out of the Denver game. Or I guess I expected them to have this record coming out of the Denver game. Because I expected us to lose the Arizona game. And we didn't. And so, you know, had, had we lost that and won this game... We wouldn't probably be that upset about being six and four. I think it's more so that we lost to the Broncos, who we should have beaten. But you know, you just gotta take what happens and move on, and you know, not get too upset. You know, at least our Dolphins are good, and and our and our standards are a lot higher now. We're getting upset that we lost a game and that we didn't win six in a row when in previous years we were just happy to win a game. And so clearly, you know, our 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 uh, expectations are shifting. Um, and that's a great thing if you're a Dolphins fan. And so hopefully, you know, we can go into New York, into New Jersey next week, beat the Jets, which we should be able to, and then try to win against Cincinnati and be 8-4 and four heading into a four-game stretch at the end of the season that is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. So I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hope you guys have a great week and a phenomenal Thanksgiving. I'll see you guys on Saturday for a breakdown of the Jets game and what we'll need to do to be successful in that game. But stay safe. Fins up.